Welcome to the latest edition of The Track, I'm Steve Clark. In this edition of the program, Tim takes an iconic double-decker bus to the reopening of the London Bus Museum and talks to the members of the LBM team about the refresh of the museum during lockdown. This month's song is unusual and was written as a tribute to Dave Melfield, who performed with us in 2019 in a show all about the Pioneer Flyers, Alcock and Brown. Finally, Tim is back on the banking where he talks to members of the MG Car Club and Waterloo Classics on a special day they held at Brooklands in June. So now, hold very tight please as we're off to Weybridge and the London Bus Museum. Okay, we're down at Brooklands Museum and the, the place is full of buses this morning. And we've caught up with Ian Jackson who's the duty manager for the day for the London Bus Museum. Uh, Ian, what's today all about? Well, today is our summer gathering, our summer event, and it's the first major event that's happened on the Brooklyn site uh, since the pandemic started. So we are expecting something like a hundred buses to turn up. Um, quite a few of them are here already. It's sort of late morning now, um, and uh, hopefully lots of people that uh, will come and enjoy them. It's certainly fairly busy down here at the moment. Um, so if this is the first uh, event for the Bus Museum, what's been happening with the Bus Museum in the meantime? Well, we've taken the opportunity of doing a complete uh, refresh of the exhibition. So gone is the um, IKEA method of walking through following the timeline. Now we have a more open area um, with an exhibition in the middle and buses all the way around the outside. Um, sometimes we can open up our mezzanine area to look down on top of the buses and um, a, an expanded children's area with things to sit on and things to ride and, uh, uh, and such like. So you've taken advantage really of the, the lockdowns over the last year to do all this work. Has it, has it taken some time to do all this? It most certainly has taken time. Uh, we only decided after the first pandemic happened that it would go ahead so we were open for uh, autumn half term 2020 closed immediately afterwards and now we're towards the end of june so what's that about seven months uh, a lot of work a lot of clearing to do and a lot of building and if you're able what's your favorite bus here today oh dear <laughs> Um, well, it, it's no good for our radio listeners, but we're standing behind a nice little Leyland Cub from Southdown, which is resident at um, uh, Amberley Museum. Um, very nice little vehicle. Good afternoon, visitors. There are bus rides going out throughout the day. Okay, we've uh, found someone to do with the Southdown bus that Ian was talking about, and it's Rick Borrett from Amberley Museum. Hi Rick, can you tell us a little bit about the bus? It was originally restored by basically two members of the bus group from quite a wreck. We got someone in professionally to coach paint it. They did try and coach paint it themselves, and they then found out how hard it was. So we've actually, um, they found someone that was it was his trade and he thoroughly enjoyed doing it and it's been a very good reliable bus it's its first outing in 18 months the last time it went out they ran a big end on it and we couldn't get 
bearing shells for it, so they had to take big ends, conrods, and send them away. They re they remetalled them and, and bore them as they used to with the old buses. So we've we've gone from replaceable shells to white metal main bearings and conrod bearings on them, big ends. But uh, so it was his first run out today. Really, he was a little bit uh, wondering whether we were going to get here or not. But no, it's it runs well. It does run well. Excellent, so no problems coming down then? No, no, we hope we don't get any problems going back with the rain either. <laughs> That's the biggest worry, obviously. Yeah, well, it's not going to rain, is it, of course? No, of course naturally. not. Um, but what actually is it? Is it What sort of bus was to make? It's a Leyland. It's called a Leyland Cub. It's a straight six-cylinder petrol engine in it. It's only a four-speed. There's two makes of body. I don't know which one it is. I think they said it was an Ascot. I'm not sure if it's an Ascot body. As I say, I'm, I'm not into the bodywork and the frameworks. I'm more getting involved with the dirty, greasy bits that, when they keep breaking them. But they wanted someone to drive it today, so I was asked if I could drive it. I think it's because I repaired it. So if it breaks down, it's down to me then. And in normal times, this lives down at Amberley. Is there a fairly large bus collection at Amberley? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is the South Downs Omnibus Trust. We go back to 1924 vehicles. Uh, we're restoring them and rebuilding a TS6, which is a petrol electric. And the petrol engine drives a massive great dynamo. The dynamo then drives an electric motor. So there's no gears. It's petrol electric. We're, we're rebuilding that. We have two others the same, T uh, Tilly and Stevens. Um, a couple of Dennis's, Dennis Lyon. Yeah, we've got, I think there's 11 buses all told. Ranging from 1920s up to... A modern one we use called a Dart, which is only sort of 10, 15 years old. But we use that when we have a lot of school kids and they want to go for a ride around the museum. It's a great day there, it really is. Okay, we're in the Brooklyn's paddock now and we found the, the membership tent for the London Bus Museum. Hello there. Hello. Hello. Can you tell me a little bit about membership and, and what you get for your membership for the London Bus Museum? We're delighted to have members join us. We've had members for many years and we're always, like many other museums, looking for new members. So um, if uh, you need any information, we should be happy to provide any and get in touch with us. The benefits, um, it's a very modest fee. We line it with that of the Brooklyn Museum's own membership. We, we have discounts available, we also have um, extra benefits such as entry to the whole Brooklyn site within the membership fee. Okay, now we've uh, caught up with Guy Marriott, who's the Vice President of the London Bus Museum. Morning, Guy. Hello there, Tim. And uh, I wonder if you can tell me a little bit how you can volunteer for the Bus Museum. Uh, well, we welcome volunteers indeed. We are all volunteers, we have no paid staff at all. So the museum, the engineering, the, the bus routes, the, everything that we do is, is managed by volunteers. And whatever your skills, even if you thought you didn't really have any skills, you'll be most welcome to come along and enjoy doing whatever is available. So the volunteers um, help out with all sorts of things from running the museum itself to restoration of the buses. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about the work you do regarding restoration? Well we've got a very well equipped workshop. We can do a lot of the mechanical work ourselves here on old buses. Uh, we do body uh, restorations on old buses. Inevitably there are always more old buses that require attention than we can manage with our own uh, volunteers so some of the stuff is done outside as well 
not because we don't have the skills but because we don't have the time to do it and uh, uh, we like to keep as many of our vehicles on the road as possible. So if someone did want to come down and volunteer how would they, they do that? Uh, well we have uh, event days of course during the year you can always come and talk to us then uh, otherwise if you turn up at the bus museum on any day we're open there will be somebody there who will be delighted to firstly explain what they're doing secondly uh, suggest what needs doing that you might be interested in doing and then take your name and number and you will be called excellent so there's always someone there to welcome you if the, if brooklyn's is open there will always be someone there at the bus museum Fantastic. Thank you very much, Guy. Sound of the Vimy engines there, introducing our next item. Uh, in September 2019, Dave Moundfield and Brian Mitchell um, came to Brooklyn's to perform their play, Those Magnificent Men. The play was all about uh, the exploits of Alcock and Brown and the famous Vimy, which of course was built at Brooklands. In 2020, uh, Dave and Brian were due to come back with the Foundry Group to perform a 1920s style play called What Do You Know We're In Love? That was in April and of course we all know what happened in March. Uh, the pandemic hit and the show had to be cancelled. What we didn't know was that Dave Moundfield sadly passed away in March 2020. Today's song is by a group called Oddfellows Casino. It features uh, David Bramwell, who actually performed with Dave Moundfield in a podcast called The Auditorium for many years. This is Dave's tribute to him. Traffic's wild tonight, you text you're in a dirty jam again Your agent phoned, you had to take the call, you should be there for ten What's half an hour of friends, we always knew that you'd be late I'm sure you kept them waiting with your best excuses at the early gates The ever-changing mysteries of life, you fell in love with all of these in time Watch the snowflakes fall Special grooves and magic tunes Secret books and dirty jokes And chemicals Special hosts and solid walls The airwaves call Just watch us fly Just watch us fly Wrestling in your boots and cape You brought a party to its feet 
now back at Brooklands where we find Tim surrounded by his beloved MG. Right, we've come across uh, Mark Hansen here with a lovely MGA and uh, Mark, can you tell us a little bit about the car? Thanks Tim. Yes, so it's uh, an ex-Works MGA. It was uh, one of the early ones produced, went straight to the works from the factory in 56, early 56 and uh, did the uh, Circuit of Ireland with two others, we had one on its class. Um, it was raced by Pat Moss, her first ever race at Silverstone, where she complained about it being too much like a standard car and too slow, and it had, he even said it had a radio in. How was I supposed to race a car with a radio in? So uh, after that, it went back to the works where a lot of work was done to it, um, and then it was given to John Gott, who's the BMC team captain on the R Rally des Alpes, 56. It was going quite well until uh, he ran into something uh, and it had to retire. Uh, it was then repaired and he used the car again uh, in 56 in the Liège Rome Liège rally and did a lot better in that. Um, a pretty respectable result on what was a very gruelling rally. Uh, and then the car was sort of retired. It was sold to his co driver, um, Chris Toomley, and he raced it when it was re-sprayed red um in 57 58 uh and i'm researching what he did with the car i know he definitely raced it at silverstone because i've got a photo of him coming around stowing it so um i'd like to find out more about that uh and then after that went through a variety of owners hands it's been restored twice um last time by bob west and he's done a fantastic job uh and it's back to the spec it was in uh on the uh, rally des alps in 56 Okay, we've moved along a bit and we've uh, found Richard Knight who's got a, a lovely looking orange and green BRM MGB and uh, Richard can you tell us a bit about the car? Yes I got it off a, an ex-BRM mechanic um, he had uh, started off life as a, a plain yellow rubber bumpered uh, MGB he used it for rallying and um, circuit racing but he's kept it in appendix K uh, format so it's running straight uh, um, normal issues, straight suspension, a lot of fun, use it for track days and um, uh, the odd rally, historic rally. Um, luckily enough now we're coming out of pandemic it's uh, got a bit used a bit more but uh, yes used for high days and holidays, fantastic, thank you. Great, thank you very much. Okay we're up on the banking now and uh, we found Mark who's got, uh, looks like an MGC GT in very nice condition. Hi Mark. Hello there. Can you tell us a little bit about the car? Yep, so we've actually got both of them. We brought the um, the Sea Roadster and the CGT. So uh, the Roadster's called Pinky. We've had her since 92. And uh, she's uh, been joined more recently, a couple of years ago, by Pearl, who's a CGT automatic. So I've always, um, always wanted to bookend the two and have them both. So uh, I was fortunate enough to, uh, a couple of years ago, find... Um, find the CGT and um, yep with a lot of help from Frontline in Abingdon we've made uh, what I think is a really nice pair of cars. Um, for those that don't really know the difference between an MGB and an MGC uh, what is an MGC? So 
So the MGC, is, its biggest downfall, in fact, was probably the fact that people don't know what the difference is. The big difference is that the C has got a three-liter straight-six engine in it. Um, so it's substantially more powerful than the uh, than the B that obviously has a 1800 four. Um, there's significant other difference as well in terms of it runs on 15-inch wheels, not 14-inch wheels. The front suspension is uh, is wildly different, and. Um, it runs twin carbs, which is why you have the uh, the teardrop on the bonnet and also the raised um, the raised bit at the front, which is for the radiator. So that's really the only visual difference is in the bonnet, and it was one of the downfalls of the C, unfortunately, which is why they only produced it for two years. Now both of these cars look beautiful. Um, obviously, had a fair bit of restoration on them. Yep. So um, I mean, this is the third colour for um, for for Pinky. So when I bought her, she was red. Then she went to Old English White, and she's now this California Sage Green, which is an Aston Martin colour. So she's been through all the all the colours of the flag. Nice red arrows, well. Just pausing for the red arrows to fly over. That that was an unexpected. Yeah. Uh, highlight of the day there anyway shall we, shall we carry on yes indeed so um so yeah so pinky's been through the color spectrum of the italian flag um pearl was when i bought her she was blue um but i just always think two cars a lot of people said i should do the same california sage green but she's actually olive green which i think suits the gt a little bit better because it's a darker color with the roof and everything I've always wanted an Aston Martin. Who has? Who doesn't want an Aston Martin DB4 or DB5, right? Um, and potentially in um, in silver birch, you know, to be Sean Connery, um, which I was never and will never now be able to do. Maybe 20 years ago I could have afforded one, but it's not happening now. So this is my homage to um, to Aston Martin, to the poor the poor man's Aston Martin, as the MGC was sometimes. Okay, we've moved down towards the clubhouse where we find uh, quite a few older MGs down here. Uh, I believe this is the vintage register. And we've also come across the president of the MG Car Club, John Day. Morning, John. Good morning. Um, we're in the vintage register enclosure. Can you tell us a little bit about the vintage register? Yes, the it's the oldest register of the club, the first first one that uh, started off. Because the MG Car Club's fairly unique in having all the models. It's like being in a small club in, in, inside a much bigger club. And it works really well because uh, the vintage register is a good example. There are only something like um, all models worldwide. There's only about 50 cars uh, extant. And with that sort of situation you would have a, a real problem because uh, what do you do about spares and things and knowledge but it's a I no longer have a vintage MG myself but uh, I had one for, for nearly 20 years fantastic register very friendly and the cars as you can see they are people look at them and think that, you know like a lot of MGs they all look the same but these are proper road going old cars big big six cylinder engine can, can uh, go on motorways at well in excess of truck speed so they're safe to use on motorways and in my car I went to uh, 11 European countries and did 50,000 miles in it 
did I break down? Well, yes, that's another story. <laughs> Occasionally, but the point I'm making is that these are very, very capable cars. But this, interesting for, for most people, they've never seen one because they're so rare. And this is how MG started. The 1880, which is what most of these are, uh, that's 18 horsepower, REC horsepower, 80 miles an hour, that's how they classified cars in those days, has the distinction of being the first car that Cecil Kimber, founder of MG, designed from a blank sheet of paper. Prior to that, they were modified Morrises. He used the Morris parts bin liberally, but what he came up with is a, the forerunner of all MGs as we know them today. And uh, he always, Kimber always said that a car must look attractive, and he got very set rules on where the radiator sat relative to the axle and so on. And I think you can see that the thing that when people first come across an 1880 first time they say isn't it look attractive and this is Kimber's coming through 80 years later it's amazing really and we've got about let's have a quick count up we've got seven I think seven on the vintage register here today which is quite a number uh, what sort of year are we talking about with these cars the first 1880s were registered in 1929 uh, as a mark one and then there are some here there's some mark twos more or less the same car same running gear but um i think best classified as a little bit more comfort a little bit more refinement but um more or less the same car and they went on until 1932 i think you could still buy one in the showrooms but by then kimber had found the small triple m engine then went on to become all the triple m cars and they moved to abingdon the, the 1880s because it was time of recession and even in those days uh, an 1880 was 600 pounds and you could buy uh, morris 8 for you know, 100 pounds so it was in the in its time a supercar in terms of price and Absolutely. ability on the road um I guess it was the Triple M's that were racing at Brooklands a lot. Did the any of these vintage cars race here? Well, we, you, we're looking one here. This is a, what they call a Tigris. And this is uh, the Kimber's attempt at making a Brooklands... I think if you go back into the mindset that was going on then, they were an emerging new company. A go faster Morris's, people unkindly call them. But he got his... Aspir he was looking over his shoulder at Bentley and seeing what they were doing with their cars. And if you look at it, they are Bentley-esque if I can use that phrase, in the sense that they, you know, these are bigger, more substantial cars, and he was after that market, the, the sort of well-heeled uh, racing type people, and the Tigris, but it, essentially it's the same car, it's the same engine, a few mechanical refinements, um, did it do any good? No, unfortunately a, a bolt came off and got sucked into the carburetor and the engine stopped <laughs> during the race, uh, but uh, that's another story. I guess that happened a lot. Okay, thank you very much John. Pleasure. another paddock again i found rob ball and paul bridgman they're both from the mgf register have you brought a car down today rob i have yes i've brought my um 2010 tf down here which is one of the very last ones made chinese one um and it's nice to be back it's great to get out again been a little while since i've been here been quite a long while since i bought a car here so it's yeah good to be here and the sun's shining so it's even better this is one of the more modern MGs. Have you had a few MGs in the past? I have, yes. My very first car uh, when I was um, 17 was a midget. Um, I then did have one of the very last MGBs for a while, a few years back. And then I started buying MGFs. And this is now my 
fifth one I'm on at the moment for reasons I can't entirely explain but um, yeah they've all been good they've, I've had one F and the rest have been TFs but they've all been fun we've had quite a collection then let's move over to Paul uh, have you had a collection of MGFs? Uh, no just the one and can you tell us a little about the one you've got? Uh, it's a 1996 MGF, uh, 1.8 MPI, um, slightly modified since I've had it, but I've had it about 20 years now. It's in a nice colour of red. Um, I've changed the seats to leather and changed the wheels, and which is something you can do with these kind of cars, because all the parts are interchangeable. Okay, today we've got the MG Car Club, uh, we've got the MG Car Club's Vintage Register and we've also got another club called Waterloo Classics. Um, I've got Robert here from Waterloo Classics. Can you tell us what that club's about? Um, well, I'd love to, but I've only just joined it. <laughs> um, it's a, um, a, a pretty ad hoc club, I believe, and I literally have only just joined it. I joined it specifically for this event. Um, because I was dying to get back to Brooklands and I saw um, or heard from a, another Corvette owner that uh, uh, the event was on and it was MG and Waterloo Classics. So I applied to the Waterloo Classics Club um, and I'm here, so it's it's fantastic. Um, but it's it's basically uh, a, like any classic car club. It's a, a club for enthusiasts. Um, it isn't formal uh, as such. There's no membership um, cards and so on but they're looking at the possibility of, of uh, making it slightly more formalized um, but it's a, just a great bunch of people with um, a great bunch of totally different cars and and your own car that you've joined them with is a corvette which you've been driving around the finishing straight at a, an inordinate rate of knots this morning was that fun it was it was great fun uh, a, a little scary i have to say because um, as anybody that's been here knows um, the finishing straight is not exactly the smoothest uh, uh, of any finishing straight in the world um, and it's not that long so um, with uh, 327 cubic inches of, of v8 under you um, it takes a little bit of controlling especially as it's a 59 so it's um, solid rear axle um, which makes it even more fun to drive and of course no power steering no power brakes so you're reliant on drum brakes uh, so accelerate as fast as you can but make sure you've got enough room to to stop and as i said on earlier on the final lap um, i got to the end of the finishing straight and decided i didn't really have enough room to uh, go around again so i thought uh, i'll just uh, let it let the brakes fade out and come back out of the uh, circuit but it was excellent News. Summer has arrived and the museum begins its events program in earnest. Uh, the 1st of August we've got the members classic car show and jumble. Then the 7th of August we have the Brooklands Relived which celebrates the 95th anniversary of the first British Grand Prix. On the 15th of August we have the motorcycle show and finally the 22nd of August we have a summer classic car show. On the members side uh, we have two events during the month on the 5th of august we have tony hutchings talking about his trip around peru in 1982 in a beaten up of volkswagen beetle and on the 19th of august we welcome back simon taylor who will be speaking to former f1 driver and commentator john watson both those events will be taking place live in the clubhouse and both will be live streamed 
as well. So a busy month ahead for us at Brooklands. For all information about uh, these events, please go to brooklandsmuseum.com. Thanks for listening.